Family. It looks a little different for everyone. For some, it's mom and dad. For others, roommates who feel like family. And for others, it's your significant other, their golfing buddies, your children, a high school soccer team starting lineup, and oh look, they're all taking you up on the offer to stay for dinner, really testing the limits of that phrase, the more the merrier. But no matter where you call home, GEICO makes it easy to bundle and save on home and car insurance. Easier than making three frozen pizzas and assorted frozen veggies into a cohesive meal. We know you can't get enough of your favorite flavors. Luckily, Kroger Free Pickup makes it easy to grab what you need without any surprise fees. Whether it's extra buns for the barbecue or those chips you just can't quit, start your cart with the Kroger app. Kroger, fresh for everyone. $35 order minimum restrictions may apply, subject to availability. It's the big $10 sale, so mix and match and get two, three, four, five, or even 10 for $10 with your card. So many great deals. Kroger, fresh for everyone. You're listening to the X-Zone Radio Show, live and around the world on the Talkstar Radio Network and X-Zone Broadcast Network. Visit our website at www.xzoneradiotv.com. Broken hearts don't always mend. Left the X-Zone Radio and TV show is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the X-Zone Radio and TV show or in any manner endorsed by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, Talkstar Radio Network, its affiliated stations, or employees. Welcome to the X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. everyone. This is the Exxon on the Talkstar Radio Network, Exxon Broadcast Network, and Star Cable. If you'd like to give us a call toll-free worldwide, 1-800-610-7035 are the magic numbers. My email address is xzone at xzoneradiotv.com. On MSN Messenger, xzoneradiotv at hotmail.com. And our website, www.xzoneradiotv.com. Next week we have some very... Very important uh, information for all the members of the Exxon Nation worldwide. Something that we're very happy about. And we'll uh, tell you all about it this coming Monday night. My guest this hour is Retta Akamatsu. 
Her latest book, Haunted Marietta, is about her hometown of Marietta, Georgia. It was released by History Press in September and spent a number of weeks on Amazon's hot new releases in Georgia history. Now, in addition, Retta has two other books about the paranormal, Ghost to Coast, and Ghost to Coast Tours and Haunted Places. In March of 2009, Retta joined Jerry McCola of the Netherlands to create a new electronic journal, the Journal of Anomalous Sciences, which has uh, developed an impressive roster of, of advisors and contributors and a following in both Europe and the United States. Retta also owns and maintains several websites, including the paranormal directory Boomja.com, ghost2coast.us, and uh, she is a certified paranormal investigator and a member of Ghost Town's uh, paranormal investigative team. And Retta, welcome to the X-Zone. Thank you. I'm happy to be with you. Now, uh, where did you get, or what kind of certification does a paranormal investigator have? Actually, there are. They was a bit controversial in that some people don't feel that paranormal investigation is a a um, field that should be certified. But what I did was to take a very difficult course, but a very comprehensive course at Paranexus Organization um, from Paranexus Organization, and I felt that it a very good thing because it teaches you a lot about how to use the paranormal equipment, what kind of false uh, results you can get from equipment, things uh-huh. that may look like they're paranormal but are not paranormal. Spent a lot of time learning about photography. Um, and uh, it's, uh, it's just a general course to, to make you more familiar with how the equipment can be used and what can happen if you don't use it correctly and so forth. I was much more able to look at things objectively and with a skeptical eye once I completed the course, which took about six weeks. Now, how long have you been a paranormal investigator? Uh, I actually joined Ghost Hounds about, let's see, it's been about six years ago now. So uh, I've been an actual investigator for about, just about 2004. And what was your inspiration for becoming a paranormal investigator? Well, I've always been fascinated with the idea uh, that there's more than what we know Mm -hmm. in the world. And I've always been interested in ghosts and in uh, all kinds of paranormal phenomena. I grew up in a house that was haunted. I've always been around ghosts um, or, or paranormal experience, um, and I wanted to know more about it. And when I found out that you could use scientific methods to try to learn more about it, Retta, that's we've got what to take, I wanted We've to got to do. take our commercial break. Please stand by. My name's Rob McCall. Okay. This is The Exxon. We'll be back in two minutes. Another turning point, a fork stuck in the road. Time grabs you by the wrist, directs you where to go. 
So make the best of this test and don't ask why It's not a question but a lesson learned in time It's something unpredictable But in the end is right I hope you had the time of your life So take the photographs and still frames in your mind Hanging on a shelf in good health and good time Exonation Nation, Retta Akamatsu is our special guest of this hour, www.ghost2coast.us is her website. And um, tell us a little bit about Haunted Marietta, would you? Okay, Haunted Marietta was published by History Press as part of their Haunted America series. And what I did was to take my interest in the history of the town mm-hmm. and and write about not only the paranormal history, but right. the more average history of the town, which has had a great deal uh, to do with the American Civil War, especially when there was a lot of fighting all over Marietta, and Marietta was actually um, under martial law for longer than Atlanta was, which most people don't realize. So a lot of the activity around here, it has to do with Civil War, but I also have stories in there uh, from people who of all times and uh, walks of life who have had encounters with paranormal. Now, what is the most haunted spot in Marietta? Without doubt, the Kennesaw House, which now has the Marietta Museum of History, but during the Civil War, uh, it was a... Um, it had been a hotel, mm-hmm. and the uh, if people have seen the movie The Great Locomotive Chase or know anything about that, uh, Union Union civilians actually stole a um, a railroad train, the General, and uh, were using it to try to tie to tear up the tracks, and it became a very famous chase to get them back. That actually started, the people who planned it met and planned it at Kennesaw House. And uh, after that, it was used as a Civil War um, hospital, as most of the large buildings around were used. And, and, and today, it seems to have a tremendous amount of activity that goes on there. The History Channel claimed when they did a section of haunted history there that there were over 700 ghosts. I don't know who counted. Now, what is a ghost? Well, there are a lot of different theories about what ghosts may be. Most people, when they think of ghosts, think of the spirit of someone who has passed on and who is trying to, in some way, make contact with people today. Some uh, hauntings that we see do seem to be that. They do seem to be... Some, there does seem to be some kind of intelligence attached to them that does want to reach out. But others are what we call residual. And we believe that those are more or less like little movies, uh, if you will, holographic type of m- movies that have been stamped on the air by some sort of traumatic 
activity in the past, and they don't really have any intelligence behind them. And that's what we think in the cases of where people see the same sort of thing over and over in the same place, like in Charleston, um, the famous Alice, who's always seen, start seen in the staircase in the same house at the same time. We believe those are residual, and we don't believe they have intelligence behind them. And some other people think that we may actually cause the ghostly um, appearances by our own thinking. We expect, we only use a small part of our brain, as we know, and some people think that if you're in a certain frame of mind, you could actually trigger an extremely vivid, vivid vision that appears to be real in every way. And that could explain some of the things that happened. Uh, I wrote recently an article about sleep paralysis and the, the correlation between sleep paralysis and um, ghost encounters. Mm -hmm. There may be some connection there. Um, some people like to think that of a particular religious background, like to think that ghosts are either angels or demons or remnants of, of ancient fallen angels like the Nephilim. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there's all kinds of theories out there. Some people think there may actually even be aliens from outer space, but that I really have no idea why aliens would want to appear as ghosts. Um, an interesting new theory is that some of the ghosts may be uh, glimpses into another dimension. I find that one very interesting. And a friend of mine had an experience in um, in Salem where they were investigating and they were playing with a pendulum and uh, they got an EVP. They thought they heard with their ears a sound and they ask a question, they said, are you trying to communicate with us? And the answer they got back when uh -huh. they played it back was, "Are yes, are you a ghost? Mm. So, uh, you know, there's possibility that some maybe, you know, in some uh, other dimension, people are going on about their own lives, and once in a while, we get a glimpse at them, and they get a glimpse at us. I think they're all interesting, and I think they're all worth exploring. But I do think that most of the um, things that we see come down to either the spirits of those who have gone on who are trying for some reason to finish up unfinished business or have gotten stuck in some way, or they are the residuals that are just recreating events that happen to them and and they have no actual, they're not there and there's no actual real connection. Let, I believe most of the time it's one of those two things. Let me ask you this then. If, if you are saying or if we entertain the idea that ghosts may be glimpses from other dimensions, how do we explain the ghosts of loved ones that people claim to have seen or the ghost of President Lincoln and other, and other presidents that, according to some, still haunt the White House. Right, exactly. And that is why I don't think that theory can hold for very many mm -hmm. cases. There's so many different kinds of things that we see and experience. But that... that is why I don't think that the idea that we just uh, are seeing glimpses into the um, other dimensions 
or many of the other theories will hold true. And I can, don't believe that everything can be residual, which is another thing that some people think, that none of it has intelligence behind it. Because so many people do see their loved ones and do receive messages. And very often that those messages do contain information that can be verified. And not only people who see their loved ones, but people who see historical events or get names or um, are told information in EVPs, which is, as you know, electronic voice phenomena that you hear on the tape that you don't hear when you're actually there. When they, we get those things, we can actually verify that that information is true or when a ghost calls you by your name, which happened to me once, and rather is not a common name, that um, you have to think that a lot of the time it is an actual intelligent entity that is trying to communicate. Now, who? how do they choose who to communicate with? Because, you know, I've, I've been doing this show now for nearly 20 years, and, and I've been to all these so-called haunted places where people swear they see stuff, and I don't. Well, I think, actually, it's, it's very common that um, people, people more often don't see ghosts than they do. We can spend hours and hours and hours in investigation and go for months and not see or hear anything out of the ordinary. But um, some people do have an extra sensitivity, an extra ability that seems to allow them to communicate or to see more often. And, uh, my, for instance... My daughter seems to actually more or less attract spirits from time to time. Um, no matter where she lives or where she is, eventually there will be odd activity that will start to happen there, um, never of a malicious nature. And so some people, for some reason, do seem to have an extra added ability. Um, and I'm not just talking about mediums, but mm -hmm. even just ordinary people who don't go around attempting mm -hmm. to communicate sometimes. And I and that's one of the things that we don't know. Why some people and not others. We really don't at this point know. Uh, part of it is just a very a willingness to be open to it. But as you said, you've been willing to be open to it. It hasn't happened to you yet. And uh, you know. Mm -hmm. So that's uh, but like I said, it's from watching television and from maybe what some things you read or whatever, it sounds as though every time you go out looking, something happens. That's not true. I, I personally, I have had experiences, but I have never yet caught any, and, um, a voice on tape that mm -hmm. I didn't hear, for instance. It's not happened to me yet. Um, wow, we're an honest ghost hunter. Mm-hmm. I, and I was just saying that, wow, an honest ghost hunter. Hats off to you for being honest. Hats off to you. There's a lot of us out there, actually. Unfortunately, Aretta, there are more of the other, those who, those who embellish, those who are into sensationalism, those who are, who are into what I call the woo-woo factor. You 
are a rare breed. Please stand by. We'll be back on the other side of this commercial break as the Exxon continues from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Exxon Nation, wow. An honest ghost hunter, an honest paranormal investigator. I am impressed. There's hope for the world here on the Exxon. Very happy to have Retta Akamatsu with us today here in the Exxon. Her website is www.ghosttocoast.us. That's ghost2coast.us. We'll be back on the other side of this news break as the Exxon continues live and around the world from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away. I hope you had the time of your life. You're listening to the X-Zone Radio Show, live and around the world on the Talkstar Radio Network and X-Zone Broadcast Network. Visit our website at www.xzoneradiotv.com. Let it come on in, I'm singing to the world, everybody's caught in the spin. My name is Michael Telstar, Canada's leading mentalist from Toronto, Ontario. Hi, my name is Splenza, and you're listening to my dad, Ron McConnell, on the Exxon. This is Psychic Dorothy from St. Catharines, and you're listening to Rob McConnell. Hello, my name is Holly Reeves, an astrologer from astro for You, and you're listening to Canada's number one paranormal radio show, The X-Zone, with Rob McConnell. Welcome to The X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. Welcome back to the Exxon, everyone. My name is Rob McConnell, coming to you from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, on the Talk Star Radio Network, Exxon Broadcast Network, and Star Cable. 1-800-610-7035 is my toll-free number. My email address is xzone at xzoneradiotv.com. On MSN Messenger, xzoneradiotv at hotmail.com. On our website, www.xzoneradiotv.com. And visit the X-Zone store. We've got the coolest merchandise anywhere at www.xzonestore.com. And thanks to my good friend John Reynolds from SEFX3D for all his great work. Thanks a lot, John. Retta Akamatsu is my special guest. We're talking about her book, Haunted Marietta. Her website is www.xzoneradiotv.com. Ghost to coast.us. And I have to ask you, Retta, when you, 
During the times you've done an investigation, has there ever been a time when you've had the hair on the back of your neck just stand right up and you get that tingling feeling all over your body? Interestingly enough, I have not necessarily had that happen during an investigation, but I have had it happen when I was not investigating, um, especially when I, we were in Memphis, uh, Tennessee, and we went to the museum, the Blues Museum there, and I was standing in front of the um, display that showed the uh, dress that Bessie Smith had worn, and was and uh, all of a sudden, I just had a feeling, that very feeling of the hair standing up on the back of my neck. And uh, I actually did glimpse a, a, just for a moment, an apparition at that point, which I, I, I hesitate to say was Bessie Smith, but it was an apparition. And I was not expecting it. Generally, a lot of the time when I experience things like that, I'm not actually on an investigation. Uh, it seems as though when I'm on the investigation, I'm so focused on the equipment and on what I'm at the questions I'm asking. And maybe I'm not as, as available as I am when I'm just completely not thinking about the paranormal, because that's usually when I have those kind of experiences. Have you ever seen a ghost? I have seen that time, actually. <laughs> the time in Memphis is the only time when I have actually seen a ghost or an apparition with my eyes. I've seen um, on film mm -hmm. things that I, I believe might be apparitions. Uh Certainly things that could be, <laughs> definitely. Uh, one of the pictures from Kennesaw House that I have in my book is one of the most uh, clear and compelling of the photos I've seen. But with my actual eyes, that time was the only time I've ever actually seen a ghost. Is there any common thread that you're aware of uh, between people who have paranormal experiences compared to those who don't? Hmm, that's a good question. I think that people who have paranormal experiences usually have those experiences when, have had those experiences when they were young, when they were very young. Mm -hmm. And have have not before they've been taught that they shouldn't have those kind of experiences. Before they have been taught not to accept the evidence of their eyes or and ears, and when their minds are more open. And then once you've had an experience, it's harder for you to just dismiss everything and say, "Oh, that's nonsense." So I think that people who've had Possibly people that have had experiences either when they were very young or experiences of their own that were very vivid are more likely to have more experiences. Uh, aside from that, I think I, I can easier tell you people who are not as likely, which are the people who are so set not to believe. 
they even if they do have experiences, they are either not acknowledge them, not allow themselves to acknowledge them, or they will um, write them off as imagination or any way that they can so as not to believe. It's much easier once you've had an experience to believe than it is not to believe. Do you find that though there are those people who use their religious beliefs as a protection against ghosts and spirits? Yes. Um, a lot of people believe, for instance, well, for instance, my family, I was raised Southern Baptist, mm-hmm. and uh, even though there was obvious paranormal activity that went on around our house when I was growing up, they never would, they would make a joke about it being the ghost, but they never would really acknowledge that, hey, this is weird, because that was against their religion. If they had, then they would have felt that they had to do something to protect themselves. There are people who believe that paranormal investigation is wrong and that you should not try to find out or learn more about the nature of these things because they're automatically evil because we don't explain them. I don't understand them. There are people who feel that all ghosts and spirits are evil mm-hmm. and that you have to, you know, have your holy water and your crucifixes or whatever all the time so as to protect yourself. And there are other people who, you know, I don't want to be sounding like I'm putting people's religious beliefs down. There are other people who just feel that before you go into an investigation, it's prudent to say a prayer, or do some sort of a ritual to protect yourself, just in case. So yes, many people do feel that they need protection from ghosts and spirits. As a seasoned investigator of the paranormal, should people fear the unknown? Should people fear ghosts? Should people fear spirits? No, I don't think so. Um People give, in the first place, people give ghosts and spirits a lot more power than ghosts and spirits could actually, or logically could actually have. Ghosts, if there is an intelligence behind the haunting, it's Mm -hmm. just a person who doesn't have a body anymore. It's not some supernatural, uh, supernatural in the sense of having supernatural powers of being able to do things that a human being can do. That's not, ghosts can't do that. All they really can do is scare you. And if you look at the cases where people have injured themselves or had accidents, it was because they were afraid, not because of something that the ghost did. Um, fear gives anything more power than it would have if you're not afraid of it. I don't think there's any reason to be afraid of ghosts. Then why all the negativity with some people and the and and the paranormal? If there's no reason to fear these these entities, if they're just spirits without bodies, because just because I believe that doesn't mean that that's what other people believe. Other people have been raised on movies and uh, even fairy tales and children's stories and um, things that they're taught you know, in their religious beliefs, mm-hmm. to believe that these things are out to get you, 
to believe that these things are powerful and that they can hurt you. And they don't want to take you. They don't. You have to have a tremendous amount of curiosity and want to find out more. And and then once you start to learn more, then you can begin to realize, hey, there's no power here that's going to hurt me. But um, people, that's not the experience that people, that's not what people have been taught. People react to things the way they've been mm -hmm. taught to react to things. Well, let me ask you this. If someone listening to us tonight thinks their house is haunted or their barn is haunted or they they have witnessed on numerous occasions paranormal activity, what should they do? They should contact the paranormal investigation team in their area and they're all over the United States and Canada and Europe. There are paranormal investigation teams. Mm -hmm. And check around a bit and make sure that they are an actual reputable team that has been around for a while and didn't just start yesterday, and that they, you know, and find out what kind of reputation they have. It's easy to do online. And you then get in touch with those people and have people who know what they're doing come out and bring their equipment and see what's going on in the house. Even if they don't find anything, just taking action is often very helpful to a person that someone who knows can explain what there is to fear and what there is not to fear. And, uh, you know, if they do find something, then you know, A, you're not crazy. Right. And, you know, once you've seen evidence, and then you can decide what to do with it. But I think the very first thing they should do is seek help. From a paranormal investigator, have the Part television six. show have the television shows that are on the various channels that that uh, follow ghost hunters around or ghost investigators who seem to have all this weird paranormal activity happening all the time. You know, everything's shot in night shot, the green vision. You hear the people screaming, and it's well orchestrated because you have to maintain the interest of people over twenty two minutes. I understand that. Is this an asset or is this a detriment to real paranormal investigations like you do? It depends on the show. It depends very much on the show. Um, some of the shows, I'm going to say, you know, I'm going to say Ghost Hunters because I, I know them and I, I, I know how they are. They try at least to show that sometimes when they go into places, they mm -hmm. do not find anything. In fact, very often they will say, you know, sorry, we're not saying it's not haunted because we were only here for a little while, but we didn't find anything. When a show when a show does that, you know, it can be good. Like you said, they do have to edit them. Mm -hmm. So most of the time they're going to show the ones where they have activity. That's just the television program's decision to show which episodes they're going to pick. They're going to pick the ones where something happened most of the time. Now, there are other shows out there, and I will not name names, that I think have been very detrimental, not so much because of the, whether there was activity or not, but because of the way that the investigators conduct themselves. They 
often do things that are very dangerous. Um, I, I positively hate it when they're rude to the ghost. Mm-hmm. Just because they're ghosts, <laughs> they if they're intelligent, they used to be people, I think you should treat them the way you would treat other people. And when they're rude to them, it makes me very angry. If I was a ghost, they'd be in big trouble. But <laughs> And uh, some of them, the ones where they, you know, they'll ask the ghost to do something mm-hmm. and then they run screaming when the ghost does. Um, they, I, I feel that they're teaching people very bad attitudes toward investigation. I, I agree with you. I agree, because if you're going to ask a ghost to do something, and they do it, and you scream, well, why did you ask the ghost in the first place? Exactly, exactly. And if you're going to be afraid, mm-hmm. if you are afraid, then you you need to get over that before you go into places where you know there's likely going to be things happening. I mean, some places... It would be logical to assume that if you go into a formal mental hospital, for instance, or a prison, or someplace where there have been people who in life were disturbed or not nice, yes. you're going to get ghosts who are disturbed or not nice quite possibly. And whereas they can't hurt you, if they're going to scare you, then you need not to go to those places until you learn not to be afraid. All right, stand by. You and I have to take our final break, Exo Nation. Reta Akamatsu is our special guest, www.ghosttocoast.us. That's ghosttocoast.us. We'll be back on the other side of this break. Don't go away. Down on Echo Beach, I watch the sun go Nation, our special guest this hour is Retta Akamatsu. She is the author of Haunted Marietta, and uh, her website is ghosttocoast.us. That's ghosttocoast.us. And uh, we're, we're playing Where Evil Grows by the Poppy Family coming back into this final segment. And Retta, have you ever seen any proof of evil... Uh, from the side, from the other side, or the side of the paranormal. The word "evil" is such a loaded word, and I don't want, I don't, I don't like the word because of the connotations that it has. Mm-hmm. I have seen malicious activity. I've seen angry activity. Um, I have definitely seen negative activity. Yes, but evil. It depends on how you want to define that word, and too many people define that word as something more 
than a a human emotion. And uh, you know, in my experience, the things that ghosts manifest mm-hmm. are the same emotions that humans feel. So it's just a matter of perception. Right. Exactly. Um, but I mean, yes. If if you're asking, have have I seen them ghosts that really were not were nasty and not nice to be around? Yes, mm-hmm. I have. Have you ever seen anybody be attacked by a ghost or physically hurt by a ghost? In minor, very minor ways. Um, I got scratched one time. I made a comment that apparently a spirit didn't like, and I got scratched, and it was a physical scratch that you see on my face, and I wasn't near any nails or or bugs or anything. So uh, I've seen that happen. I've seen people get maybe like a, a red mark from being slapped or, you know, a mine or something like that. But the only thing that, that, you know, it takes, as far as we can tell, it takes a great deal of energy for ghosts to do things. And they can't really do that much. So beyond a scratch or a little uh, slap mark or something like that, that's all I've seen. The rest of it is mostly just bad language or, you know, uh, bad feeling. Tell our listeners how they can get a copy of your book, dear. Okay. Um, it's available. It is available on Canadian Amazon. Uh, it's available at, at Amazon.com. Um, all of the online bookstores in the U.S., it's available at most of the major bookstores, um, Borders and Barnes & Noble and all of them. Uh, all you have to do is, it's not on the ship, is ask for it, and they can get it for you. But all, almost all of the online bookstores, like uh, Barnes & Noble, Porter's, Amazon, even even um, eBay, has, have got copies of Tony and Marietta. Retta, I want to thank you very much for joining us uh, this hour. It's been a great pleasure talking to you, to you and your fellow investigators, the very best. And I look forward to the next time you and I meet here in the X-Zone. Okay, well, thank you. I look forward to that, too. All right. Retta Akamatsu has been my special guest this hour, Exonation. She is the author of Haunted Marietta, www.ghosttocoast.us. That's www.ghosttocoast.us. I'll be back on the other side of this commercial break with the news as the Exxon continues from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, on the Talkstar Radio Network, Exxon Broadcast Network, And, of course, our good friends at Star Cable. Don't go away. 